You're listening to the Career Reset Podcast, episode number 13. Welcome to the Career Reset Podcast, your one-stop shop for creating a want-to career that gives you meaning and purpose and still pays the bills. So if you're ready for the ultimate mashup of life coaching and career management, stick around because you're in the right place. So let's get started. I'm your host, former corporate lifer turned founder and CEO, Mel Savage. Well, hey there. Welcome back. It's great to have you here. If this is your first time here, I want to say welcome to you. My name is Mel Savage. I am the host of the Career Reset Podcast, and I'm also a certified career and performance coach. And my focus is to help people take a leadership role in their career and achieve the success they deserve. Now, for the past couple of weeks, I have been talking about performance development, okay, because it's that time of year where a lot of people are getting their performance reviews. I'm not a big fan of the word review, but a lot of places still call it that. People are getting their annual reviews and they are in a position to start thinking about their plans for 2020. So what are their growth plans going to be for 2020? So this stuff is right up my alley. At the Career Reset, what I really focus on is career management, top to bottom career management, knowing what you want, figuring out what that means for your career, building a plan and going and getting it, right? So this part of building your plan is really understanding where you need to grow in order to achieve your career goals, okay? So I decided to dedicate initially four episodes to performance development, turned into five episodes, um, and this is the third one. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about feedback in terms of how to effectively give feedback to generate results from your people, okay? Because I know the people listening here are not just about building their own careers, but they're also managers of people, which you need to be good at if you want to be successful in any kind of company, but also you're helping to grow future leaders. So learning to give effective feedback is critical. So if you haven't checked that out, that episode out, check it out. I believe it's episode number 11 um, because a lot of the time we think we're being sensitive and giving great feedback, but we're not. So I'm gonna, I give a lot of examples in that podcast. You should go check it out. I also last week talked to Linda Watt, who I'm gonna get her title wrong now, but is the Director of Training, Learning and Development and a bunch of other things at the University of Guelph. She is an amazing lady and she has completely uh, revolutionized the performance development process at the University of Guelph. And she shares her process on the podcast and we talk a lot about how people can take control of their own performance development and also help their people take control of theirs. So don't miss that. Today, what I wanna talk about are leadership competencies. And leadership competencies are, I guess, a fancy word if you've never heard of it before, but you probably have, but just in case. Uh, leadership competencies are kind of a fancy terminology to bucket skill sets, bucket certain skill sets, okay? And some of those skill sets are, I'm gonna say, more functional skill sets, and some of them are more soft skills. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of aspects, skill sets, experience that you need to be a well-rounded leader. And leadership is not just about, you know, leading people. Leadership is really about, you know, how you show up, how you work with others, how you think, how you inspire, how you lead other people, how you grow other leaders, right? So there's so many aspects to how you can be a leader in your own career, how you lead your own career development, right? So being a leader is multifaceted. And I'm going to talk a lot about leadership and what it means to be a great leader 
in future episodes of this podcast because it is one of the core pillars of what I focus on in my business. A big part of it is finding the career that's right for you and making makes you happy and going after it and planning for it. And then of course, performing well at it, which a lot of that is focused on leadership. So what I really wanna talk about today are three leadership competencies that you need to have as a foundation of the kind of leader you are. These are three leadership competencies that you need to have no matter what level you are in the organization. If you're a new manager, I would start here with these three competencies. If you're at any level and you're having challenges with your leadership style, I would check in and say, how am I doing with the three leadership competencies that I'm going to talk about today? Okay. And the three leadership competencies that I'm going to talk about, and I want to give tell you a story in a second, but really they are people management, listening, which is actually, you know, only one part of communication, which is a much larger uh, leadership competency. But listening, I would say, is the starting place of a good communicator. So I'm going to zero in on listening versus you know trying to deal with the entire bucket of communication today. So people management, listening. And the third one I want to talk about, which is not talked about very much, success mindset. Okay, so those are the three leadership competencies I'm going to deep dive into today. And I want to do this because for a lot of people, uh, and a lot of new managers even, we don't get a lot of leadership training within the companies that we work with. Some of us are really lucky. You know, they have strong training departments within their organizations. But a lot of us, you know, have had to learn it the hard way, ad hoc, by stepping in it over and over and over again. Um, and part of it is because we're making it up as we're going along. And part of it is because we have really, really, really bad role models, right, that are teaching us the wrong way of doing things. But we don't know that when we're learning it, right? I remember I worked at an ad agency, um, that's where I started my career at an ad agency. And I worked my way up, honestly, from the mailroom. It was like, you know, a Hallmark movie where you move, work your way up from the mailroom. Then I became a secretary. because That's what we were called back in the 90s. And then eventually I was promoted into account management. And I was always someone who was considered a rising star. Okay, I got things done quickly, accurately, dependably. I anticipated issues. I went beyond expectations, you know. And then I got promoted into a position where I had to manage people. And my leadership skills were less about functioning what I did and more focused on my soft skills and how I was interacting and how I was leading people to become leaders. And that's when my growth slowed down because I didn't know how to do that. That is a very um, tough skill, something that's a learned behavior, but it also helps obviously if you have some training. And I worked at an ad agency and in those days, I'm not saying it's the same today, but in those days, advertising agencies were about churn. They took 20-somethings and they churned them out, right? You wanted these young people with a lot of energy who are willing to work like 70 hours a week because they didn't have kids and all that stuff, right? And because it wasn't about retention, ad agencies did not invest a lot of money in training. So not only did I not get training, but I was being trained by leaders who also had no training on how to be leaders. So I learned a lot of bad habits. And I can't really, you know, completely blame the ad industry because I didn't go seek out books and, you know, there were no podcasts back in the 90s, but, you know, I didn't seek out other opportunities. I didn't pay for my own training. Now, I was already working 70 hours a week. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for it, but, you know, if I had thought it was a priority, which I didn't at the time, I could have found ways to get my own training. But what ends up happening is that a lot of new managers will learn how to be leaders from other people who are also not great leaders. They don't necessarily know what it takes to be a great leader yet. And so they're following people who are also aren't trained and we're learning a lot of bad habits. So first, let me say it's incumbent upon everyone to take control of their careers and take the leadership role in their careers and decide what kind of leader they want to be. But today, what do you want to talk about 
these three leadership competencies and give you some things to think about as you are thinking about your growth plans for 2020, as you're thinking about the kind of leader you want to be. And like I said, we're going to be really diving deep into people management, listening, and success mindset. Okay? So let's start with people management. People management, I think, is the most important, the most critical. Not only because you are a leader who's in charge of growing other leaders. That's a big responsibility and one that I wish I had taken more seriously when I was younger. Uh, I wish I'd understood the gravitas of that responsibility. But also, if you are an amazing people manager, if you are someone who's known to be able to grow and inspire leaders, inspire action, someone that people really want to work for, I don't care what kind of other experience you have, that is going to take you far. So if you're not a great people manager, I recommend that you double down on this. And I think the thing that you need to remember when you are a people manager is that it's not about you, it's about them. Them people, them being the people who report to you. You know, it's not about you showing that you can get the results and that you're on top of it and that nothing goes wrong when you're in charge. It's not about that. It's about inspiring your people to do work and learn to be accountable and responsible to getting the work done in a way that is consistently pushing them to be better, right? And you might say, BS, you might be calling BS on this, um, because I know that most corporate environments are fear-based leadership environments where you don't want to screw up, you know, failure is not an option. If I screw up, it's going to look bad on me. I only get so many mistakes. You know, all of that, I can't say that's not true. That's really an environment that's out there. But if you don't grow strong leaders, that's also going to look bad on you. That's also going to inhibit your ability to be successful. So there is the day-to-day stuff, all the boxes that need ticking on a day-to-day basis. But to be truly successful, you need to grow strong leaders because that's going to come and bite you in the butt later as well when your team doesn't want to work for you and you can't get the results that you're looking for because the, the hammer approach isn't working for you as much as well anymore, right? So it's worth it to take a little short-term pain with your team training up your your team members, um, giving them the time they need to do the job well, to be inspired, to have those conversations that you need to have. It's worth it to take that short-term pain for the longer-term gain. And there are ways to manage up while you're doing that, especially when you're training someone new to manage up with your boss saying, okay, here's how I'm working with so-and-so. Manage expectations with your boss so they understand your approach at growing these people, growing these leaders. So in addition to the feedback podcast I did a couple of weeks ago, which I think is really important when you're people managing to learn to be able to give effective feedback. So please go back and listen to that one. I would say a few of the other you know, critical aspects of being a, people, a great people manager is the first thing, you got to care about people. You got to care about them. You need to care about their success and not necessarily just focus on what have you done for me lately? How are you making me look good? Right? And I know... I know there's always going to be a little bit of that. How is what they're doing reflecting on me? But if you really care about them, if you put it out there, it's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you in a good way. So it's kind of like when you do something nice for someone, right? They do it back for you. They want, they want to do well in their jobs as well. So it's like if you, if you were holding the door for someone and then you know you get to the next door and they hold it for you, that's not why you held it for them in the first place. But in the end, you know, it benefited you in the end. So the more that time that you give to people to help them to think through their solutions, to have their back, to teach them, to help them find their own solutions, it's going to benefit you in the end. That's not why you should do it, but that is what's going to happen. So there is no downside to investing in your people. So caring about people, making it about them, number one. 
Learning to give effective feedback, like I said, number two, go listen to that podcast. I'd also say you want to be brave enough to let people make mistakes and learn, right? Meaning they don't need to do it your way. You need to be brave enough to let people not only learn to do it, but to do it their way, right? Give them the objective of what what needs to get done and then let them figure out how to do it. It can still be under your guidance. You can have them check in with you as much as you like. You know, how did it go today? How did it go tomorrow? All that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean they have to do it your way. Give them the objective. Be brave enough to give them the objective. And then work with them to let them figure it out their way. You might actually learn something from this because, believe it or not, we don't all have all the answers. We're going to learn a lot by letting people do things their way. And I think that the biggest um, myth I'm going to call it a myth about leadership, is that it's about control. You're now leading, you're controlling. When really, particularly when it comes to people management, but leadership is about letting go of control, learning to let go of control and let people do things their way. That's how you grow great leaders. And it's up to you to be able to do that while finding the balance of protecting the needs of the organization, right? So it's about managing up, And it's about making sure that you understand how often someone needs to check in with you, how much you need to have their back, protect them, know when to step in. But if your management style is all about, I don't have time for this, it's easier for me just to tell you what to do or do it myself, right, than to work with you, to figure it out on your own. If that's the kind of manager you're going to be, where you're not going to dedicate the time to people management, and it is going to come back and bite you in the butt. So make sure that you're giving yourself, you're blocking in the time for effective people management, okay? And really deep dive into how you in your organization with your own style can be the most effective people manager you can be. Next, I wanna talk about listening, okay? So listening is the most important communication competency. I had a boss named Jacques Mignot who always used to say, and you'll hear Sharon talk about this because Jacques was also her boss at one point. Uh, Jacques used to always say, that his mother told him that God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should always be listening twice as much as you're talking. And listening is not just about hearing what people are saying. It's listening for understanding what people are saying. And listening is such a nuanced skill. So there's listening to what's actually being said, sort of like a level one type of listening. But then level two listening is really reading between the lines, right? listening for what's not being said. You know, what are they trying to say? Watching their body language, right? Are they shrinking away? Are they upset? Are they pissed off? Are they disengaged, right? What's happening with their body as they're talking? And then listening for me is also really being curious and asking questions to get to the root of what's going on. I consider that part of listening, right? Because you're trying to understand. And anything that gets you to understanding is to me a part of listening. So listen to what's being said, read between the lines, watch the body language, and then be curious and ask questions to really get to the root of what's being said. So you could say, you know, hey, I noticed in the meeting you seemed a little disengaged. What's going on? You know, ask open-ended questions. Start, start them with what or how, okay? Try to avoid yes or no questions, meaning, you know, did you do this and are you okay and all that kind of stuff. Just try to ask open-ended questions. That's going to help the person give you more detail. It's going to help you understand more what's going on, right? Because that's really what you're trying to do is communicate in a way where you can really understand. So, you can, so you know, if someone's talking to you about something, you can say, mm, as you're telling me this, I'm noticing that you're, you seem a little tense. What's going on? Why do you feel that way? What can I do to help? What are you worried about? 
you know, really get underneath it and, and just ask what you're noticing. Watch the body language. Listen for the tonality. Listen for what's not being said. Really get underneath it. The more people feel understood, the more they're going to relax, the more they're going to connect with you, and the better results you're going to get because everything's on the table. You know what to do next, right? You've talked about it. And if you do it in a way that's, you know, not judgy, so it's not, I notice you're a little tense. What's wrong with you? Like, it's not about that. It's, hey, I notice that you, like, you're, you look a little stressed out when you're talking about this. What's going on? Be curious. Be empathetic. Understand. Open up. Help. You're going to get better results. And people are going to want to communicate with you. So listening is so, so critical to not only building relationships, but getting the results that you're looking for and, you know, minimizing the wasted time. There's so much great, so many great things that come from listening. People want to be heard. So listen for understanding. And then the third thing I want to cover off here is success mindset. I don't think in all of my time in corporate, anyone ever coached me on mindset specifically. It was always about how we do things, um, you know, not what we're thinking or how we're showing up. And I did a podcast a little while ago about the three biggest mistakes I made in my career. And one of them was, I would say, not believing in myself, which is a big part of success mindset. I'd say self-belief and believing you can do whatever you is thrown your way, you know, believing you can figure it out no matter what's thrown at you, that you're good enough, right? That is a big part, that you belong there. Dealing with your imposter syndrome, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to a point where maybe it makes you uncomfortable. Maybe for that few moments you're nervous and oh, you start questioning yourself, that's okay. But then, you know, bouncing back, right? Getting that resilience to bounce back and say, okay, I did it. I believe in myself. See, I'm awesome. Having that success mindset that's really founded in believing in yourself. And I would say on top of that, you know, learning how to make failure mean that you're not a failure. The fear of failure holds so many people back. It's held me back so many times from doing things in my life, let alone my career, even everyday stuff, right? I'm constantly interrupting that pattern of getting anxious when I feel failure coming up and reminding myself, look, failure just means I'm going to learn something from this, even if it doesn't go the way I want it to. And it doesn't mean that anything's wrong with me. So finding the way for you to make failure mean that you're not a failure, because the less you're afraid of failure, the more you're going to feel like you can take calculated risks, that you can push yourself out of your comfort zone, because that's how we grow, right? Pushing ourselves a little bit at a time out of our comfort zone. So deciding to make failure mean something that's not scary and not about you is critical in a success mindset. And then the other thing, actually two more things on a success mindset, is the ability to set long-term goals and then not be attached to outcomes, which I know sounds weird. You want me to set goals and then not be attached to the goals? Well, kind of, you know, we need goals. We need a North Star to kind of direct us to where we want to go. And, you know, when we set those goals, we set them with intent and purpose and understanding how they align to us, et cetera. But then don't be so attached to how you get there. Maybe you've set a path. That's great. It's always nice too to have kind of, okay, today I'm going to take this step. Tomorrow I'm going to take this step. Okay, okay. But be flexible because opportunity is going to come into your path. You're going to learn things as you go. You don't have all the answers right now on how to get to that goal. So things are going to come up and you want to stay loose, right? You want to stay loose to be able to say, okay, I thought I was going to get there this way, but maybe there's another path forward. Maybe I got to take this way around or that way around, or maybe I thought my goal was this, but really now that I've learned more, I'm going to tweak my goal a little bit. That's okay. All of that is okay. So it's the ability with a success mindset to say, okay, I'm setting myself a goal and I'm going to be fluid and organic with how I get there. And that doesn't mean just by the seat of your pants either. It's finding that balance between 
planning out how you want to get there, and then being okay if that plan needs to change. Being confident that no matter what happens, you can figure it out, right? And not getting stuck if something doesn't work out exactly the way you hoped it would work out. So set goals and then don't be attached to the path forward, okay? And then the last one in terms of success mindset is really being open to growth, being open to opportunities. When you set a goal, when you are working towards something, opportunities are going to be coming in your path all the time. When you open your mind to it, you're going to see all these opportunities. It can be small or large. It might be the opportunity you're in the elevator with someone that you don't normally get to talk to. Fantastic. How can you leverage that opportunity? It can be as simple as being in the elevator to being in a meeting with someone or getting invited to be in a meeting somewhere or getting a job opportunity or whatever. Look for the opportunities that are going to move you closer and closer to your goal and then leverage the crap out of them, right? Don't be afraid to do that. Keep your eyes open. That's part of a success mindset. So those are the three things. People management, helping people be great at their jobs, drive results their way, and taking the time to help them do that, right? Making it all about them. Listening. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Make sure you're listening for understanding and get underneath what's being said in any way you can. Be curious, not judgy. And then success mindset. Believe in yourself. No one is going to believe in you if you do not believe in yourself. So practice self-belief every day. Learn to make failure mean something that's not scary and that doesn't mean that you're a failure. Set goals, but don't be too attached to them and be open to opportunities in your path. You do those three things at the foundation, nothing's gonna stop you. Everything you do after that is going to be icing on the cake. Okay, so success mindset, listening, people management. Focus on those three things and you're golden. Now, if you have any questions on that, please feel free to leave your comments in the show notes. I will definitely come back and answer any questions. And next week, I have another guest joining us, Sharon Romalo. She is the former chief people officer of McDonald's Canada. She has had the most amazing career. She's a mentor of mine as well. And she is the epitome of the kind of opportunities that you get when you're a great leader. Because Sharon does not have an HR background. So she was a chief people officer, but she does not have an HR background. She has a background in McDonald's, but she grew up on the operations side of the business. And because she was a strong leader, she got so many great opportunities thrown her way. And she's going to share her story with us. And it's really inspirational on what you can do when you set your mind to something. So I hope you join me next week. In the meantime, if you need help with your career planning, check out the Ultimate Career Reset. It is my membership program that is all about career management. It is your one-stop shop for career management. And you can check out all the details there at thecareerreset.com forward slash membership. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope you got something out of today. Let me know what it was. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. If you're someone who's looking to go after your want to career, but you have some questions, then I'm going to give you some options right now. First, open up your email right now on your computer or on your phone and type in this email address, mel at thecareerreset.com. That's my personal email. And then in the subject line, I want you to type, I want more. Okay, tell me a little bit about your situation or ask me a question and me or someone on my team will get back to you. Number two, if you're ready to start figuring out your next career move, 
then check out my free quick start program called Make Your Move. It's essentially an eight day mini course delivered to your inbox to help you get clear on your career. And you can check that out at thecareerreset.com. And number three, subscribe to this podcast for new content each week to help you take back control of your career so you can build your want to career that gives you meaning and purpose and still pays the bills. No matter what, the path to your want to career starts with you taking action. And there's no better time than right now because your life deserves a career you love. I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.